Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Woo Woo Show. We're your hosts today and spiritual sisters, Sam and Jeline. Woo Woo is a word that divides opinion. It has a deeper meaning to us both as a cornerstone of holistic health and wellness and as wellness practitioners. But what is it and why is it both controversial and important to consider now? Each week we'll get to explore what it means to others and we'll all get to know Woo Woo with love, fun and compassion. Our health needs are unique to us and our podcast will demonstrate there is a lid for every pot. You'll be glad you joined us today, so get yourself comfortable because you wouldn't want to miss the message that was just meant for you. We are hopeful you will enjoy this episode. Please share the podcast and put on notifications so that you never miss an episode. Don't forget to like and share in your network so that more people can benefit from the podcast conversations. Curious? Then join us every Wednesday for a whole heap of woo-woo. Our guest today is a media and tech entrepreneur, wellness activist, social activist, and founder and CEO of Our Dot Love, which launched on Valentine's Day, 14th of February, 2022. He's a serial startup entrepreneur, angel investor, baseball and soccer enthusiast, and note, I said soccer, lifelong <laughs> student of wellness, love, and relationships. R.Love is a love and relationship wellness technology company that maximizes love and connection within romantic relationships. His product is based on proven science and leading edge technology. We look forward to hearing about his experiences and journey in wellness, his core values that keep him grounded and focused, and how R.Love came into being and the seven critical love skills we need Our topic today is the science of relationship wellness. He's joining us from the States. Welcome to our podcast, Tao Slotnitsky. Thank you. Such a pleasure to be here. Tao, with all our podcasts that we do on the Wednesday Woo Woo Show, we always ask a random question at the start just to kick off the podcast. Our question for you would be, how would you describe your relationship with your cell phone? (laughs) My relationship with my cell phone, well, it, it, there is a uh, over-dependence on it, I think. I would say that, that probably the best measure of that is how I feel if I'm by myself and I'm sitting down to eat and I don't have my phone, right? So, I, I mean, I'm an avid reader and I'm constantly consuming information and knowledge. And I used to do that from print newspapers and more recently I moved to online newspapers. Uh, and then I, I always subscribe to a plethora of magazines, but... My phone's not there. There's just a degree of anxiety. So, you know, it's, we probably need to go therapy. My phone. I think I've got, I have a similar relationship with mine, actually. <laughs> so from Israel to the US and from a singing career and social activist to CEO and founder of R.Love, tell us about your journey and why you describe yourself as a student of wellness, love and relationships. I'll start with the latter point. I, I consider myself a student because I'm certainly not a master of it. And I think that the need to continuously try to improve is the mark of uh, a life that hopefully at the end of it, when you look back, you say it's a life that was well lived. I think if you're stagnant, you're probably not growing. And in many cases, you're probably sliding back. You know, my journey has been 
incredible. And, you know, it's weird because I've, I've been talking, as, as you might imagine, I've been doing a few podcasts and some television interviews. And I've been asked a lot of deep probing questions in there. And, and I've, I've gone to a place now where I, I sort of recite a certain litany of things. But I'd, I'd like to not do that with you. Uh, we had an amazing call last week that stayed with me. And, uh, and I appreciate that a lot. So, you know, what I would say is uh, my journey is improbable in some ways. In other ways, maybe it was predictable. You know, I was, I was born to uh, a family with a father and a mother that made me feel special from a very early age supported my dreams. I was six years old and I wanted to, to be a singer. Uh, I think there are a lot of parents that would have tapped me on the head and said, you know, that's so ambitious of you. He's so, isn't he, isn't he cute? Uh, but my parents actually facilitated that I had the opportunity to go and, and meet people who could make that happen. And, and it did happen. And between the ages of six and 11, I was, I was on national TV regularly. I was on Israeli Sesame Street. And, and a singer. And I, I even have a song on, on a Sesame Street album, which I still actually have. So that's kind of fun. So I think what I learned from that is, um, you know, dreams are not something that you should, you know, simply stroke someone's uh, oh, cuteness. Uh, oh, my God, look at that. You've got this dream. Uh, dreams are something to be pursued. And, uh, and I was I was reminded of that when my, my father, at the age of 40, 1986, decided that he wanted to move to the United States. It had been a lot, lifelong dream of his. I think he felt at that age, it was, it was now or never. Uh, he literally turned 40 and on June 12th of uh, 1986. It also happened to be the day we got here. So, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the message there was, was clear. You know, there, there, there can be a point in life that's too late. And uh, if you feel something in your soul, Pursuing that is probably something that you won't regret. Even if you don't succeed, you won't regret the effort. In, in terms of my career, I mean, you know, I, lo I look at my professional career and, and I actually think this is the first time I've said what I've just said. Go back and listen to the, all the podcast interviews I've made and I've uh, done in, in the course of the last couple of months. And it's like 50 of them. And I didn't say any of what I just said. And I hadn't thought about any of what I just said. But I think, you know, I think maybe that is one of the reasons that I've pursued things that are improbable. You know, I started in, in, in a family business that was small and not necessarily terribly ambitious. In fact, and this is not a joke, when we started a distribution company, which was uh, started by my father, uh, my brothers joined him first and then I joined him last. I was a college student. We actually had a very, very bold ambition. And that ambition was we would own some gas stations. We're going to build this distribution company enough so that we can save enough money to go own some gas stations. That was, that was the mission. It wasn't my mission. And when I got involved in the business, I, I saw opportunity and I learned that I have certain skills and I have the, I have the ability to uh, pass through my enthusiasm for something to other people through the way I communicate, through my body language. And somewhat to my amazement, you know, even at a young age, people followed me and um, you know, I don't know, that I always understood how much I should cherish that and respect that and appreciate that. But I understand it now, you know, and, and I think as I've continued my career and started, you know, that first company business became a very substantial business under my leadership and, and we sold it to Hudson news uh, in 2009. And then my brother and I started a couple of, both my brothers are, have always been involved in, in the businesses I've been in either as investors or active operators. 
this is really the first our love is the first business that I'm, I've done without my without the family, if you will. I've got other people in my orbit that are part of this that I consider family, but they're not blood relatives. So, um, you know, I, I think throughout it, I think what I've learned is that for some reason, God has gifted me the ability to bring people along and help people understand, be, help people see a certain future and believe that together we can achieve it. So, you know, that's my, my best answer to that question is my career has been about believing that you can, having people around you that support you in that dream and don't tamp it down. and Moving forward, recognizing you're going to make mistakes, you're going to do some things you regret. But on the whole, if you if you're able to look at your life, stop, you know, get off the treadmill for at least a minute, because we all have to get back on it at some point. But get off it at least for a minute and do an inventory and ask yourself, what type of a person are you? Can you be trusted? Can you be counted on? Are you ethical? Do the people that are closest to you feel protected and safe when they're with you? Do the people that are in your broader orbit trust that you care about them? And if you make a mistake and you repair, and if you can do those things and nobody's perfect, if you can do those things most of the time, then you're doing well. And I think that as I look back at why I'm here, I, I, didn't, I didn't think about any of those things, but as I look back at why I'm here now, I think it's because even when I wasn't, perfect at these things, I was somehow, I, I did the things that put me in a position to have that reflection now. And I do look back and I've made plenty of mistakes. I made them as recently as this week, as, as we launched. Um, but on the whole, I feel like, you know, I'm a good person. I try to do the right things. And as a result of that, I think God's blessed me. And I've been, I've been able to achieve some things that Seemed improbable, including starting this company. Thank you. We really appreciate you being so open and honest on the podcast, particularly as you've done an awful lot of podcasts, as we know. So, <laughs> it's, it's, you know what? This is a free therapy session. Thank you. Don't send me the bill afterwards, all right? <laughs> Launching the app, there must have been a huge amount of research around love and what makes relationships why is launching the app so important to you? You know, one of the things I've been doing a lot, and I can't even, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that probably went, you know, I don't cry very often. I feel emotion. Uh, and quite frankly, for a long period of time, I, I try to block emotions because they, they got in the way or it felt that way, particularly when I was younger. Now, the older I get, the more I realize that emotions are you. That's, that's, that's your soul speaking to you. And you need to, you need to honor that. You need to respect that. So this has been a very emotional week. You know, I started this company because, because love is something that I, that was the one thing in my life that I didn't think I was getting right. At least romantically, right? I've raised amazing kids, you know, I've had the great fortune of partnering with, with my wife for 20 years um, to raise them. Our own marriage could have been better. Neither one of us was perfect. Um, and over time, we grew apart. I mean, substantially apart. And um, and we made the decision when you know when our son was was eighteen and going to college that, that our marriage would end. And it was one of the things that prompted me to really, really want to dig in to love. Uh, I wanted to understand it. I wanted to understand 
the science of it. Um, I want to understand the biology, psychology, sociology, and I read like crazy. And I listened to a lot of podcasts. And, you know, God intervened in a way that impacted my ability to do that. It certainly wasn't about me, but, you know, COVID changed my life dramatically in, in multiple ways. One, the company that I was the CEO of, my last startup, which was, is a very large company still, was struggling. And uh, so that created a, a window of reflection about my purpose and, and my mission and my, what was I doing in my life? I was, I'm almost 50 years old. I had attempted in, in my own way to have an impact in the world. And I wasn't very happy with what I saw uh, around me in, in 2020. You know, you don't need to be in the United States to know that there, there was tremendous angst and, 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 and a sense of we're losing something. And, um, you know, what I, what I discovered as I started reading about love is that the science is actually very settled. It's very settled. This is, this is not a matter of, man, we just don't know how to do this. It's, it's a mystery. It's not a mystery. You know, if you want to do love well, there are certain skills. They're not terribly difficult, but they require mindfulness. You have to know something first, right? It's, it's amazing to me that I was 48 years old and couldn't articulate the seven love skills. And it's really interesting. First of all, we came up with them, our scientists. It's not they came up with them. They just put them together. And I was having a conversation yesterday. My, my chief marketing officer and I were having a conversation with a very, very bright uh, marketer. And, and he asked a question that is so logical and, and not occurred to me. He said, how is this different than the five love languages? What, what, is this, what is it that you're doing that's so, so unique? And he wasn't asking it in a, um, he wasn't trying to knock us down. He's trying to understand. He's trying, he's, he's going to help us market. Right? So he's trying to understand. And I hadn't thought about that question. I, 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 but as he asked it, I, it seemed pretty obvious to me what the answer was. The answer to me is that the five love languages are just saying what you want, not how to get there. And it occurs to me that we have somehow assumed that if I know, same, if I imagine if I was in a relationship with you and I knew that I knew that acts of service was how to reach Sam, what the heck does that mean? How do you do it? Mm-hmm. How do you measure it? How do you evaluate your impact? What do you do when things are not well and what you're not necessarily feeling like doing an act of service? What do you do to repair? Because you got to get back there. But there's a gap. There's a yawning, yawning gap that has to be addressed if you're in a relationship. And those moments, those moments are the moments that determine if you're going to be okay. Not the successes. Not the, oh, look at that. I, I am so great at uh, giving you that thing that you need. It, it's, it's, it's the in-between. And so the five love, uh, love languages, which are brilliant, fail to address the fundamental question of, well, how? Tell me how. And that's what we're trying to do with our.love. We're trying to put the answer to how in people's hands. But even more importantly, we're trying to put it in the front of their brains so that it's easily accessible in moments of strain and stress, which are the moments in which people do harm. And it's the harm repair that is 
go hard. And, you know, as I as I look at what we've accomplished here, and it's been an unbelievable journey, I, I chose to leave our, uh, my last startup, which is no longer just a startup, it's a large company. And I made that decision right after January 6th. I had been thinking about it. It had been on my mind. I'd been doing research on love. I commissioned a national survey in October of 2020, so months before. And I was thinking about this company. And I've been talking about this company to some friends of mine, including Dr. Richard Safir, who's the chief medical director of health and well-being at Johns Hopkins, and now a co-founder along with me and a member of our board. And I'm very proud of that. But I wasn't yet there. And it was January 6th. It did something to me. It made me realize the thread by which we're hanging on to the life we want. And by life, I don't mean just us as individuals. I mean all of us. We take for granted certain things. I took for granted as someone that came to America as a kid, saw an incredible country. I took for granted that that's unbreakable. Nothing is unbreakable. Seeing seeing Americans raising, you know, fists and more against each other for political differences. It made me realize that what's missing ultimately is love. Because it's love. It's love that helps you pull back for a minute, see the other person, see their humanity, understand what they're going through, or at least make your darnest effort, because we're never going to be in anyone else's head. But you make a genuine effort to understand, because understanding is where it starts, which is why our first love skill is curiosity. And people misunderstand curiosity. They think curiosity is about asking questions. That's true. But the questions are not, Sam, tell me your feelings. It's why. Why? How does it impact you? What can I do? We've stopped doing that as a society, for sure. I mean, we're just yelling. And it occurred to me, and that's what gave me the courage to do this, that perhaps the last place where no one could say, oh, you know, it's just liberal agenda, you know, uh, conservative, whatever. This, this is the last place where we are all together still is love. We all want to love more and better. We all want to be loved more and better. We all want to be more understood. Most importantly, by our significant other. And it seemed to me that this would be a great place to start. If we're trying to repair you know, repair begins at home. The more of us have a relationship with our significant other that feels authentic and loving and kind and generous, where we feel seen, we feel heard, we feel appreciated. We are able to be vulnerable. We can share our feelings. We're not afraid of being judged. We're not afraid that, you know, if we're not perfect, 
things will happen that are going to make us feel unsafe. We do that well at home. It's going to channel. Our kids will carry that to the classroom. We'll do it with our neighbors, do it with our coworkers. People want to know what's your, what's your secret. You're glowing. What's your secret? The secret is you understand not what your partner wants, but how to help them. And they understand not what you want, but how to meet you with what you want. And I decided we can, we can have an impact. I, you know, again, it goes back to this whole thing. Let's go back to six-year-old Tal trying out for a singing competition. It was outrageous to believe that I would succeed. There were 10,000 kids trying out for 10 spots. God helped me. There's no other way for me to think about it. And he helped me find the courage again, because if you think it's easy to walk away, regardless of, you know, no place is perfect. And, you know, my last company was going through difficult times. We survived. But to go start over, to, to believe that, you know, you're going to bring people along and they're going to follow you and, and it'll be people from a cross section of disciplines, because that's what you need when you're starting a company. And that you're going to be able to, you know, convince influential, you know, business people, investors to, to back you and believe in you and stay with you. It's really tough. And I'm not saying what was me. I'm not, you know, I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm just saying it is a tough thing to do. And I did it. I'm, I've been blessed with people that, you know, very early on, I was able to, uh, to recruit some talented and passionate people with a track record of success, like my co-founder, Tanya Coffin Fox and Dr. Safir and my friend, investor, and uh, the head of our amazing meditations. Go check them out at our.love, which you can download at the app store now, Brian Israel and others. This started, this went from being something and some fantasy to a doable mission with specific tangible targets and timelines. And here we are, it's been about a year. Today we're in the marketplace. So we're not, you know, it's version 1.0. There's still plenty of room to grow. And, uh, you know, if you download the app, there will be a few bugs. Be patient with us. Uh, you'll find that we, are, we, we take our bugs with a huge sense of humor. So for people who are in our app, if you find a bug, you can go to guide and there's a, there's a sublink there to say, uh, so I forget the exact verbiage, my, my people are going to kill me, but it's easy to see. And uh, as you, as you click on it, it tells you what the current bugs are. And if you read uh, how we describe them, it, it will, it will crack you up. You know, we have, we, we had a problem with a, a mood feature and, uh, and we presented it as our meteorologists are trying to find just the right way to reach your partner. Um, and, uh, our gifts, we have a gift feature in the app. You could, you know, you can use love coins. This app is a lot of fun. You're able to engage with activities, with knowledge, with information, et cetera, play games, see videos, and really follow a very specific. I mean, we are, we're not just saying, Hey, here you go. Come on in. There's a lot of stuff. Have fun. We help you identify very early on in the app. What are the things that you need to work on in your relationship? Uh, within five minutes of downloading the app, we're going to give you a relationship tracker that tells you. Here's where we think you are. Based on the little information we're going to ask you for, seven questions takes 60 seconds, less, but let's say 60 seconds. We're going to give you a measure of where you are in your relationship. And then we're going to suggest to you where we think you need to start. And I'll tell you, candidly, almost everyone based on the data needs to start in curiosity. Unless your relationship is past a certain threshold, 
it's curiosity you have to start with because that's the foundational component that you must get right. You must want to know why your partner thinks or feels the way they do. You must genuinely want to know that. You need to stop anticipating. You need to stop thinking you know. You certainly need to avoid having the audacity to mock them or or be sarcastic. That's another human being. It's another human being sharing their innermost feelings with you. And you have an obligation to handle that as you would a baby that's been handed to you. Because ultimately, in our souls, we, we are still that little afraid child. So we're starting with curiosity. But then once you come in, we're going to walk you through tracks to help you master curiosity and then master appreciation and then master the rest of the seven that are uh, each necessary, maybe not all at the same time, but each at different points you're going to need access to. But the gift shop, the gift shop doesn't work. I mean, you can, you can send a gift. That's easy enough. You earn love coins, send the gift. Right this moment, I think by tomorrow it'll be fixed, maybe even this afternoon. But yesterday, the gifts were not arriving, and um, and our very clever and funny writers uh, attributed that to the global supply chain problems uh, that are impacting our ability to virtually deliver gifts. So I love the humor. That's one of the things you're going to find in R.Love. It is, it is, there's some serious things, but by and large, it's funny. And we have amusing videos to introduce every one of the love skills. And we did something that I'm, I, to full credit goes to my brilliant COO, Swati Gandhi, and our chief of staff, Adrian Martinez. They decided that we were going to create a, an avatar of each of the people that are part of the starting, about 30 people in the company. And these videos we're producing to explain the love skills and some other things. We would be the stars of it. And so the fun is that you're watching a video and suddenly you see Michael Sheehan, our our very, very talented, uh, you know, young kid in our, in our finance department, whose father and I, by the way, worked together for a long time. And uh, I'm so proud that, you know, Brian wanted his son to work with me. And I'm so proud Michael is working with me. But long story short, he's also the, for some reason, maybe because he's movie star handsome, uh, he's the star of many of our videos or several of them anyway. Um, so if you come into the app, you download it, there's going to be a video that runs right away and it shows a couple. And it is it is Michael and and Danya Danya Nair, our user journey uh, expert, another brilliant person. The two of them are the stars of of that introductory video. So we're trying to have a lot of fun with it because we think ultimately relationships need to be fun. Science is very clear: the couples who do best are couples who have fun together and ideally novel fun, not just the same things. Fun is not Friday night. We have Friday night date night where we go to the movies and we go to the restaurant, maybe we go to different restaurants. Oh my God, we are just way out there. One of the features that's coming out later this summer, it's called Night Out. And it's going to help you in a very fun and clever way, discover new things that you can do together that will be fun. Uh, and it's based on AI. We're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to get to know you pretty well. And we're going to give you recommendations and advice. It's not going to happen overnight. Come into the app. You're going to have lots of fun, but we're going to help you over time even more because we're going to know how to help you like I said, not just know what your partner needs, but have an opportunity to have an easier path to meeting them, you know, in their needs. Sorry for being so long-winded. I hope it's okay. I, I took on a long journey there, but hopefully I landed the plane. There, there, are, there are some bits that I want to just go back to, but the there was something that you said that was very powerful, and that was the harm repair. And I wanted to ask you, 
to tell us a little bit more about the importance of resilience? Yeah, great question. Resilience is critical because one of the difficult things, I mean, we are, we are all in our own heads and it's tough to believe that what we see out of our eyes, what we think in our head is not reality. And I'm not saying it's not, I'm not, I'm not sending you on some science fiction, but, but the other person who does not see the world out of your eyes also have, has a certain reality. Their reality is no less real than yours, no less true than yours. And sometimes the challenge of solving the fact that we are not always going to fit perfectly creates tension, creates stress, creates pain. And communication is really, really tough, right? We, we don't get taught how to communicate to a, a lover in school. There's no curriculum for that per se, right? Even relationship scientists, I wouldn't necessarily say all of them are masters of it. I've met some that are and some that aren't. So resilience is critical because you're going to have moments of deep frustration. You're going to feel that you have been generous in meeting your partner where you think uh, they want to be met. You've heard them. You've acknowledged. Maybe you've tried to explain or, or at least apologize if you feel that you did something you shouldn't do. And, and yet, sometimes, even when you do those things, somehow the plane won't land. It's just still... And resilience is critical because what people tend to do, and I was right there, I was, I was on that bus. So, you know, what I'm about to speak of is not you people, it's all of us. Frustration sets in. And there's this inclination to say, no, the hell with it. The hell with you. If you don't like me, like I am, tough. Or, you know what, I'm going to give you the silent treatment. Because you're, you know, I, I, I've tried it your way and it's not working. And so, or worse, attack. And attacking doesn't always take the form of yelling or screaming. Attacking is also, if you know your partner is very sensitive to not being able to communicate, the silent treatment is a horrific attack on someone like that. If you know your partner has a very sensitive soul, then being sarcastic. Under, you know, causing them to feel that their feelings are somehow not right is something people do. Blaming, shaming, all of those things are exceptionally and sadly very common in most relationships. And the cause of those things is lack of resilience. You've got to believe in, frankly, in my opinion, the seven love skills ultimately will almost always, like to hope always, but you know, will set you free because at any given point, you can access one of them. Not easy to do, but, you know, if you're curious and you asked all the questions and you know what, you're still at an impasse. You could go to appreciation. You could tell your partner, look, I'm, I'm so sorry that we're not seeing each other the way we want to see each other, but I appreciate you so much. I love you so much. We'll, we'll be okay. You know, maybe right the second it doesn't feel right, but we'll be okay because I'm here. I'm going to stay here. I'm not going anywhere. Now, you know, there's a time and a place 
where that's not right. I, I wouldn't advocate that if you're in a relationship where someone is yelling at you a lot, disrespecting you. This is not about glut for punishment. You have every right to demand, demand a partner that functions and treats you with respect. No one has the right to make you feel psychologically unsafe. Now, we're, none of us are perfect. There are going to be moments where we cross moderation and we do something that doesn't feel right. You do, you repair there. You know, you learn the love skill of accountability, which is being able to say, I'm sorry, mean it, not feel the need to make excuses or uh, justification, just accept responsibility. Say I'm sorry, right? So all these things I think are 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 critical, and all of them I think ultimately boil down to: Are you resilient? Are you resilient? Because it's resilience that will allow you to take a breath and come back to one of the seven skills and figure out which one's right for the moment and use it. And if you you're in a, a relationship where you've got a partner that's as committed as you are to love and closeness, and they're practicing the seven skills. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. And that's that's ultimately about being resilient and making sure that you don't do the kind of harm from which coming back is significantly harder, and in some cases impossible, and in some cases I would say unmerited. If you're unsafe, you leave. No, Nobody has the right to make you feel unsafe. I'm sure that that's not necessarily what my scientists would want me to advocate for. Obviously, you make every effort at repair, but not if you're the only one making that effort and not if the other person refuses to meet you where you are, which is in a place of, I'm starting from love, I'm starting from curiosity, I'm starting from understanding your humanity, let's both be there. The rest is about figuring our way through this. So I have to say thank you. That was a jam-packed response. And I think you have actually listed some of the love skills in there which make up psychological safety in our relationships but I think what would be really helpful is for you to list I know you have said some of them but list the seven for us right now that's um, important please so curiosity is the first it's about showing genuine interest in my partner appreciation sharing positive thoughts and feelings with my partner seeing my partner's effort not always uh, looking for just results, but effort and appreciating them. Quality time is really critical. I don't think it's necessarily as well understood that quality time doesn't mean we're going to go to the football game together and that's quality time. Quality time is time where you're focused in, intently on your partner and they're focused on you. And it could be just 20 minutes or 30 minutes, but you need to do it consistently. It's eyeball to eyeball oftentimes. If you're not in the same physical environment, maybe it's Zoom. But it is not just going, go, going to dinner is not quality time. It's, the, it's what happens at dinner that's quality time. Vulnerability, being able to share how you feel, respecting the other person. So that doesn't give you the right to be, to, to violate in any way. If, even if you, you feel angry, it doesn't give you the right to rage. But you can say, I feel angry. You can ex- explain why you feel angry. And if you feel sad, you should be able to say that. And you should trust that your partner is going to treat that gently. Going back to curiosity, because you're sharing something about yourself. They're, 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 you're giving them the gift of letting, letting them in. Support. 
you know, support is um, it's foundational to a lot of things. We are fragile. Human beings are fragile. It doesn't matter who you are. We all want to know we're okay. Uh, in, in those moments where we're not okay, we want to know that there's someone there, a backstop, you know, someone there who's just going to hold us. And sometimes it's physically hold us, other times it's mentally hold us, sometimes it's both. But support is about being there. It's also about resilience, by the way. Everything ultimately, I think resilience is a really critical variable. Accountability, I've talked about that before. Being willing to accept your partner's feedback and criticism. At some point, you need to let go of explanations. You certainly should avoid being defensive. Even if sometimes you feel that your partner is themselves not being not being moderate in, in their reaction to something, right? You feel like, you know, what I did was a three and what you're giving me back is a six. And so that feels not just. But if you focus on that and not on the fact that you need to be accountable, then you're missing the forest or the trees. So if you know that you need to be accountable, be accountable. Start with accountability. Then go back to curiosity and try to work your way with your partner to understanding if you did, if that didn't work for them, why didn't it work? And, and what can I do to make it work? And finally, physical connection. And I don't say finally as in last, it's not last on the list. A lot of people would tell you that it's first. I don't think it's first either. I think it is, it, this is a symbiotic, the list mm -hmm. is symbiotic. Every one of these things connect to each other. And not surprisingly, it's the other six things I think that lead to a physical connection that is not animalistic. It's not just about getting your rocks off, which is almost, almost vile. It's about connection, you know, true physical connection. That's what we're going with connection as one of our words in physical connection, true physical connection is in your head, not in your body. Your body is manifesting what's in your head. That's the highest form of intimacy. That's what you should go for. Not just getting laid once a week. So those are the seven. Okay. So if I was looking for a way to improve my relationship, bearing in mind the absolute gems you've just laid out for us with my significant other, how will your app help me with communication and connection? We have a multiple ways. I'll list the one that's in the app on day one. There's another one that's coming uh, in a couple of months that I think is going to be really, really cool and revolutionary. I'll talk about both. The first is in our app, we have the seven love skills and we have a, a book of love for each of them. And it takes you through a journey of understanding what it is from a very basic level to very basic uh, examples of it through listening to experts talk about it and, and usually in one or two minute short audio or video clips. We're not, we're not trying to bore you to death or overwhelm you. This is not a science symposium. Play some games and then ultimately, hopefully get you to a point where you're, you're really comfortable with the skill. But with communication, we have a tool in, our, in the relationship home. It's called a couple verse. So the hour.love is, is, is a game effectively. So you come into a virtual home. It's a virtual home for you and your partner. After much debate, this virtual home uh, is not one and the same for you and your partner. And there's a reason for that, which I'd be happy to talk about it. If you, if you ask me a follow-up question, I want to just answer the one you asked. On the coffee table in this home, regardless of which home you choose, regardless of how you design it, is a game called Talk to Me. 
And what this game does, and it's, when I call it a game, I, I know there are going to be people on my team that are going to not like that I'm calling it a game because it's very serious. It's very serious science. Uh, it is the combination of uh, emotion detection, artificial intelligence. It's a tool that effectively tries to hear emotion. So it, it doesn't listen to your words. It's not recording you. It doesn't care what language you speak in. It's listening for your relational and communication hygiene. So here's how it works. You choose a topic. You open the app. Consider between you or if you're doing it on Zoom. I've been doing it on Zoom this week with some investors, and it's fun. And I can do it with you, as a matter of fact. So I may just do that. But literally, as you're having this conversation, the app allows you, and I'm going to just show you where I am on the app. Okay. Yeah. This is the relationship yeah. home, and, and there and there is the the book of love. And I'm going to pick a I'm going to pick a topic. I'm going to pick randomly. I'll pick a topic, and we'll start talking. And there it is. You're now you're now having this conversation, and there are some questions, and there's a bouquet of flowers. Now, here's what's interesting. I'm going to put this down. Now I'm going to actually start it. As we have this conversation, the bouquet of flowers doesn't care what the question is. My first question is, what type of events or gatherings do you enjoy the most and least? Why? This is a, in in the context of a particular topic. What we're paying attention to is how do you communicate? And there are multiple scientific markers that we are listening for. And if you're doing it well, the bouquet of flowers will bloom. So as you have this conversation, and we'll, we'll watch it, you can see that here's where we're starting. I don't know where we're starting in a not blooming, but not wilting bouquet of flowers. I'll show it to you again by the end of the call. We'll see. I think I'm. I have a good set. You know what? Unfortunately, oh gosh, it's only hearing me. You're in my. You're in my ears, so it's not hearing the full conversation. But we'll see what it thinks about the way I communicate about that. But the bouquet of flowers is an indicator of how well you did. And and at the end of the call, uh, we're also going to give you some really interesting metrics. So we're going to tell you how many moments of delight were there in the conversation. How focused were you? There's more data that we are. We have now behind the scenes that so we will unveil to people, but we don't want to overwhelm. So out of the gate, those are the two things we chose. And the idea here is we are going to help you understand what makes for a conversation, a communication that's healthy. If you're in a place where your partner has a difficult time letting you finish a sentence, or as soon as you finish your sentence, maybe even a second before, they're responding to you. They're probably not listening very well. And okay, won't bloom. So that's one. The other that I think is going to really uh, excite a lot of people is our natural language understanding chat product. And it will look like the same text product that you have, you know, whatever your device is that you use today to text your partner or anyone else. In this device, you'll be texting just your partner. It will not be open to anyone else. It will be your private orbit. And as you communicate, we are going to continuously show you the health score of your communication. Right out of the gate, when you type something in, we need to color code for you whether what you're writing is a green light, no worries, no problem, healthy communication. It's yellow or orange, we haven't picked the color yet. Uh, and that means proceed with caution, you know, or red, where we think, friend, 
You're doing harm. And we'll show it to both of you. You both will see, I mean, you own, the app will allow you to make a modification if you choose to before you hit send. So effectively, you click, you write something, you click, enter or send the way you would on your normal text. But before it actually goes to your partner, we're going we're gonna to take a millisecond to give you a reading and, and push it back your way if we think, you know, it's not perfect. Think about it some more. Now you can just say, you know what? I don't care. Click enter again. We're not, we're not the thought police. We're not the, we're simply here to try to help you communicate better. Because we know that if you communicate better, everything else will be manageable. There's more, but I think those two uh, give you a sense of what, what we're hoping and attempting to do here. Well, I'd like to say I really love the whole traffic light system. And I'm really conscious that time is actually going for us at the moment. But I really want to ask you is what else, what's coming up now that you need the listeners to know where they can find you, what they need to do to carry on this conversation in their own relationships? First of all, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. I, I love my first conversation with you. I, I'm loving this one. I hope I don't regret anything I said. I'm going to go watch it afterwards. Um, but I I don't think so. I don't think so because I was being me and, you know, my intent is good. And even if my, if it's not received that way, then my obligation is to, to hear feedback in a non-defensive way. And that's hard to do it. And, but if you are practicing it hard, if you're practicing it with enough conviction, you'll find your way back to moderation and center, which is really what we, we all ought to do. Go to any app store, whether it's uh, the iOS store or Android, it's our.love, our.love. You can go to our website, which is also our.love, and uh, download the app. It's free. There are, of course, paid options, but we are, by and large, offering almost everything in the app right now free. If you, uh, you're going to get opportunities to subscribe if you choose to, and of course, we'd love your support, because ultimately, for us to get the word out, we need some people that care about love to lean in and say, you know what, this is important enough. And as you'll come into our app, um, you'll immediately be in a universe with your partner where you can begin to share emotions and feelings and needs. One of the really cool features in our app, and I will, uh, I will close the, uh, I will close this. Let me see. Oh, that's really good. Even in five minutes, uh, I'll see where I can, we, I don't know if you can see it. We had, we had five focus minutes and two moments of delight. So that's good, good, good on me. Uh, but in the app, one of the things you're going to see is you're going to see your partner's mood right through the back windows. I mean, at the top, you, you and your partner can, can both see what mood you're in. Right? You see those clouds? That's the indication of, of what mood my partner and I are in. So, so the idea is you're going to know more about what your partner is, what your partner needs through the app. And while there's much more to do, we're just getting started. I think there's a lot there already. You'll already understand what we're trying to do with this app. You'll get a feel uh, for some of the things we're trying to do. More to come. Support us. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Help your partner understand why this is important. I think that once they come in, they'll get it. Be patient. And together, we'll, we'll I don't know how, right? You know, the universe is vast. But hopefully, if we care and we try, we'll, we'll be audacious. We'll, be, we'll stay in the line together and try to, try to make it into the singing competition, okay? Together, we can do this. So join us. I wanted to say thank you so much for setting out 
for us and reminding us of the complexities we have in relationships, especially where there is a blip in how we are communicating to each other. And I, I really like the way you set out defensiveness. So on that, I want to say thank you for talking to us about the role of technology in our personal relationships and not just in the messages, but how we convey emotion, because we want to move beyond sometimes the one word messages in response to something that we are working through as a couple. So we want to delete things like OK and yeah, we want to have more emotion in that digital world. So thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been really, it's been really such an interesting conversation. So thank you, Tal. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on the Wednesday Woo Show. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and also coming soon on Clubhouse. Or find us at thewednesdaywooshow.com and subscribe to our update. Tune in next Wednesday to hear another amazing episode of the Wednesday Woo Show. See you next week. contained in this podcast is provided for entertainment and information purposes only. The contents of this podcast are not intended to amount to advice and you should not rely on any of the contents of this podcast if you require medical treatment, in which case medical or professional advice should be obtained before taking or refraining from any action as a result of this podcast. The Wednesday Woo Woo Show disclaims all liability and responsibility arising from any reliance placed on any of the contents of this podcast. Thank you.